All right, welcome to this episode of Actors 2020 Podcast. Today's guest star is Eric Mosley. He used to be homeless, and his tagline is, I was once so low that I had to dig my way up just to get to hell. Wow. Well, let's give him a call, and let's see what he has to offer you. Hello. Hello, Eric. How are you? Hey, Johnny. How's it going, man? I've done a little research about you, and I just told people a famous tagline, which I was once so low that I had to dig my way up just to get to hell. Right. And so what that meant was, well, you know, it's self-explanatory, but it's like, yeah, I was even lower than the people that were in hell. Wow. So are, are you an actor at all? I've seen a little bit on your page. Can you tell me about what you've done? Oh, well, that's just something I'm just getting off into right now. Be, um, I try to take what I did with the documentaries and then try to you know, take it to a different level. But I just did like a couple of little scissor reels. One was like for um, Warner Brothers. And then I did a couple of music videos. And, um, you know, I'm oh. just, just doing small stuff. I'm just paying my dues. I'm not trying to be do this for fame. I'm doing this to make a change. So that's my biggest thing is, you know, doing the documentaries, the acting thing. It's like a hobby, but... You know, I do want to take it to another level. Well, this is a good way to start. A lot of people, sometimes people start from behind the camera and they move in front of the camera. Right. And that's where I'm at right now. So you're actually someone who could actually give uh, an actor a job. Actually, yes. I could actually give somebody that's, that's, once I'm coming out with these movies, yes, we're going to be um, needing actors and actresses. What do you film on? What type of equipment do you use? Actually, right now, um, my homeboy's got a a red camera, and then he's pretty good with it, and he just put together first a low-budget movie and then take it to the big screen. Your main focus is uh, helping the homeless? Yes, my biggest thing is being an advocate for the homeless and then educating people about um, the homeless as well. You yourself were homeless at one time? Oh, shoot, more than one time. I've been homeless, like, probably all together, something like 20 years all together, probably 10 years with a child, and then probably 10 years by myself. Currently, you have a place to stay now? Yes, I am. Actually, I'm living in, like, one of the most sought-after neighborhoods in Los Angeles right now. I went from homeless to living in a real decent neighborhood here. That's awesome. And what is that like on the streets at night? Well, being homeless on the streets at night, it depends on... Well, there's three different classes of homeless. There's upper, and there's middle, and there's lower class. The lower class homeless individual is the one who sleeps out on the street and pushes a buggy and things of that nature. The upper class homeless is one who stays in the shelter or maybe couch surfing, you know, trying to find his way or living with girlfriends here and there. And the middle class is the one that's in between. So the lower class homeless, which I have been in all classes... So the lower class being out there, you just have to have somebody that's watching your back all the time. You just got to be, you know, trying to stay safe. And you got to just, number one, is mind your own business while you're out there on the streets to survive. Yeah, I got some terrible stories. Actually, there's one in my book uh, that was real devastated because, yeah, I was, like, homeless with my daughter at one time. So, like, a lot of people say they get, um, they wonder why I talk about this situation. But one time I was um, in my addiction and I almost overdosed in front of my daughter in Seattle. Could you imagine that your daughter standing there and watching you almost die off of drugs and you're, over the, you're in the bathtub trying to run cold water over your body so that you could come back, you know, not even knowing where you're going to probably be living like the next week after that. 
So I've had some dark stories. But look at you now. So I'm actually on your uh, Amazon page right now, and it says uh, Eric Protein Mosley. It's From the Ground Up, the, the name of your book. And that book is going to educate about the powers of the Almighty through one man's journey of trials and tribulation. And what it does takes you all the way back from when I was born to me growing up being in junior high school and then, you know, dropping out and getting on drugs and getting in gangs and picking up gambling addictions and just doing all these bad negative things before I even became a single parent and uh, a crackhead and things of that nature. And before I turned my life around and became a homeless advocate with a documentary that aired all the way around the country. You know what I'm saying? So I went from like from the ground at literally sleeping on the ground to um, what position that I'm in right now. I'm not in a position I want to be at, but I'm not in a position mm-hmm. that I used to be. Right. We always want to do better. So how did so how did you get that book actually written and formatted and up on Amazon? Man, you know what? It took a lot of hard work. That's a good question. It took a lot of hard work. Like when I was homeless, I was in the shelters, and while everybody else was just getting out in the morning in the shelters, and I was in New York, and they would, you know, you would have to leave in the morning. So when I'd get up in the morning, I would mm-hmm. leave. I would just, I had a quota that I was going to do 500 words of the book every day so I would do those 500 words and then when I would come back to the shelter at night I felt like I had done something even though that it wasn't going to be in um, publication right then I felt that I had done something and so then I just kept writing and writing and then I just learned how to put it together and get it on Amazon and then from there I mean it was just it I just learned I just took the time out to learn it and just just got it published it's a very interesting book for anybody that has someone that has struggled with drugs or struggling with depression or any type of thing and they want to know how to deal with those obstacles, that book, Eric Protein Mosey from the Ground Up, is a book that they need to read. You wrote just with a, a pen and a piece of paper into a journal to write everything out? Actually, I didn't. Actually, what I did, I just typed. I had like a little computer, and I would go, and I would go sit at the library. And it's, um, yeah. I was sitting in the library of the same library that I used to pass by to go buy drugs many, many years ago. So, yeah, oh, wow. so I'm, so I'm sitting up in there and I'm looking out the window and I'm looking like right across the street where I used to buy drugs. So I'm typing out 500 words a day and um, I would just keep it and I would save it. On my email, I would save them. But here's the thing. So when I wrote the book, it was kind of like slang and I didn't, I edited it to my best ability, right? So then when I got right. When I got into a situ- um, position where I'm like, hey, look, you know, I could go back in that book and re-edit it the way it needs to be edited. And I said, no, I'm going to leave it just like that because it's only for a selective group of people to read it. If they want to read something that's got all the I's and all the T's crossed and things like that, they need to go read Mary Poppins. But if you want to read something that's going to um, deliver you from drugs, alcohol, depression, whatever, Eric Protein Mosley from the ground up is the book. That's pretty good. So you would go to the library because they had internet access there, correct? Yep, they had internet access, and I could like do my research, and I learned how to uh, get to Amazon, what do they call KDP, thing like that, and how right. to set it up with the PayPal and all that. Yes, yeah, so I learned all of that. Wow. Actually, wow. I have four other books on there as well, but that this book here was like my prize possession. Really? Yeah. So you have four books on there. Oh, I, I actually just saw this one book, so you have others as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I do have other books, but I'm not really even like promoting those right now. I'm like, those are just out there on the web, kind of like, because like I'm saying, they have meaning to it, but I'm really trying to just promote this one right now and then let the other ones pick up, um, you know, later on, because that's my passion. 
Right. Well, you can't do you can't do everything at once. You got to focus on something and just do that. That's funny you brought that up because I tell people that a lot of people come out here from um, other cities, and I say, hey, look, just just get get one thing going, and then once you get that going, and then you can get other things going. Like Tyler Perry said, the thing like if you water all these different plants, you don't have enough water to water the main plant. Just work that one thing and let that develop other things. That doesn't mean stay in a bubble, but let that one thing develop into where you can start letting it branch off but you can't branch off and it's still the root is still down in the ground and you're trying to grow branches already that's how i look at it as wow i love that i love that that's that's awesome so i saw him like a you were interviewed it looked like you were at a bar somewhere oh that's that was the, the high bar with warren Etris. that was a uh, show that i did with him up in seattle because i had um, a documentary called down but not out it aired on the pbs channel all in the whole state of washington and i was like in a couple of newspapers there so i kind of had like some i had a little local fame up there so he did a um, interview on me and i was just explaining to him kind of basically what i was just explaining to you about the three classes of homelessness and i was just educating them like how you know what i'm doing like right now and it looks very professional the lighting looks amazing i watched a little bit of it it's like really nice oh wow thank you and i went to your facebook page i like your profile picture you're sitting there in that orange uh, shirt and some ladies putting a makeup on you okay that picture there yeah we were up in burbank california and um we were doing a scissor reel for Warner Brothers. It's called the, I don't know if I should be giving this name out, but it's, it probably might help. It's called the Winner's Circle, and they were pitching it around. It was a professionally done scissor reel. did a lot of good for me. I got paid for it pretty well, and I put my whole energy in it. So most definitely it's going somewhere, right? The only way to go is up. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I think this is a platform not to promote me, but to promote other people and raise them up and give them an opportunity to pitch themselves. Right. And that's good. I'm glad that you've given um, me that platform and everybody else. And I did read about the the, uh, radio show that you had in Hollywood and things like that. And I think that was um, pretty impressive. It was a lot of fun. You started out homeless and a little bit of uh, addiction. Then you moved on. You started helping other people. Where do you want to be, say, in like two or three years from now? Okay, well, let me just clear up one thing. Number one, it was a, it wasn't a little addiction. This sucker was a monster, John. It was a wow. It, yeah, the sucker was a monster. Okay, but in three years, where would I want to be? Right, um, I would like to be like somewhere known in Washington D.C. for making a change on homelessness. I would like to have my movie out, which is called Captain Negro. Now, listen to this, Johnny. This guy is the first superhero from the streets of South Central. And his name is Captain Negro. And what happened was he was a pimp and stuff back in the days. And he got in a coma. And his nephew came and gave him a solution called Negro Up a Notch. And he became this superhero man that nobody's going to be ready for, I'm telling you. And then other than that, I would just like to be doing some other acting. But like I'm saying, the number one thing I would like to be is be a vessel for the homeless people. I haven't uh, wrote the screenplay, and everybody asks me that all the time, which is a good thing. But I do have the treatment rolled out so good and registered with the WGA. It's almost a whole script on there. Then I own the domain name to it, Captain Negro. If you go Google Captain Negro right now, it's already recognized by Google. You will see him come up in a little um, yellow and black outfit with a 1972 Eldorado and everything. Yes, so he's about to come out, man. He's got um, yellow and black. He's got an N on his shirt. He's got an Eldorado in the back. And I would love for somebody like Kevin Hart to play Captain Negro. Regina King to play like the woman in South Central. She's going to be a gum-popping South Central woman. He dates Captain Negro after he comes out of the coma, man. But it's just something that somebody that... Any executive that they were to sit down at a table and I could really just break this down to them, they'd be like, you know what, I want that. 
And like I said, I own the rights to it, the domain name. I even got a song for it and everything. Do you have other ideals in your head for other movies as well? Because a lot of times when a screenwriter has a movie and it's a hit, they always say, what else you got? Do you have other things as well in your mind? Actually, I'm, I'm actually working on a docu another documentary right now. Can I talk to you about that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. So this is your show. All right. It's called um, Skid Row Journey Political. Okay, so the first, okay. the first documentary I ever did was called Skid Row Journey, and it was an underground documentary down on Skid Row. So this one is going to be called Skid Row Journey Political. It's a 30-minute docuseries featuring guests who are experiencing homelessness or either working with the homeless population as they challenge politicians and those in power to make a change in the homeless communities all across the country. So basically, what I'm going to be doing is going like down to Skid Row and talking to people like how they got into the situation they are in and basically of how politicians, uh, what they can do to, you know, leave some type of mark in the homeless community. Now, myself, when I get up there and talk, I'm going to be calling out people like Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Maxine Waters, and Camilla Harris, for them to build their campaign from Skid Row, Los Angeles, to the world. The Democrats never help the poorest of the poor. They never talk about what they're going to do for homelessness. Nobody does. So I'm challenging people right now, anybody that can hear this, whether it's somebody's PR person or whatever, they need to build their um, campaign based upon the lowest people in the world, which are the people down on Skid Row, Los Angeles. That's what the documentary is going to be about, basically. How did you get off the drugs? I just kept praying. I just kept praying. I just kept believing that one day I could get off of it. You know, I just knew that uh, my drug addiction was temporary. I just knew that. And I would wake up every morning and I would say it. So I just asked God to take it out of my mouth. It was not easy. It was like, yo, God was like saying, you're going to really, really, really prove this. It's not going to be no overnight thing. You're going to really prove that you want that. And I just, uh, over the time, the desire just went away. How long did that take? I mean, even if you're just a pot smoker, you know, it takes a while for that to get out of your system. How long did it take for you not to have that urge? Or you're like, I have to have a taste. Wow. I, um, when I first quit, I would still have like... Um, I wouldn't call them dreams because they would be like nightmares and it would be like um, like I like I was really getting high, but I couldn't feel the highness. So I would just be feeling like that would be the devil mm. would be like, well, wow, you know what you could do to really get that high? I mean, you had the dream of it. Just go and just get the real thing, you know. So I went through that stage and, you know, I, I, it was a whole bunch of different stages of just staying strong and just knowing that that's not the right thing. And then, you know, here's another thing I People, when I tell people that they laugh, I do it as a, a computer. You know how you can, if a computer gets messed up, it can come on and ask you, do you want to reboot this computer back to an earlier date? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's how I did my mind. I rebooted my mind back to an earlier date before I started getting hot. What was I doing then? I was watching the Brady Bunch, Bonanza, a gun smoke and stuff. So I sit up and I watch all those kind of shows now. You know, it reminds me of, dang, I was happy watching the Brady Bunch without crack and stuff like that. So how come I can't be happy watching it now without? Let me ask you a question. So let's say all the drugs are out of your system and now you have, you're waking up and it's been, you know, months and months and months and months. Is being straight and clean, isn't it almost like a whole new high? It is a whole new high. It's like unbelievable. It's like you're getting a high all day long without paying for it. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're getting high all day long without paying for it, without looking stupid, um, without the people seeing you running in and out of your apartment. 
I'm running in and out of the building every 10 minutes to get a bag of potato chips. That doesn't look right. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to do that no more. You can change your clothes now. You can, it's just so much. I could just name, name stuff, the, 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 the blessings of not getting high. And um, the more you do it, the more your body gets used to it. And so then you, right. and then you know what I think about um, now, Johnny, I be thinking about, you know, how do people even afford getting high now? <laughs> Shoot, because... <laughs> I know. Especially like if you're doing cocaine, you know, you're only high for what, five minutes and 10 minutes and you got to do more and more and more yep. and more. And the dope man just sitting there laughing at you, waiting on you to come back and you're just getting broker and broker. He's, he's getting richer and richer. Huh? And he's getting richer. There was a quote that I, I saw in one of your things, something your your grandma said about Don. Can you talk about that? Do you, what's that quote? Oh, wow. You did a lot of research on me then, brother, didn't you? Yeah. My grandmother, I'm going to make sure you're not the FBI or something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. My grandmother used to say the darkest hour is just before dawn. I used to come to her, especially when I was, even when I was getting high, I would come to her and be like, well, you know, I'm just ready to give up because I'm just a crackhead and this is never, nothing going to never work for me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And it's time to throw the towel in and she'll be saying, look, the darkest hour just before dawn. That means that you have been through it all. You're at the end of the tunnel right now. You're about ready to throw it in. And so I always would remember that. And it's like, okay, yeah. So like that, that's a message to anybody else. Like right when you're thinking you're getting ready to give up, that means you have made it. You have made it. Like when somebody says you're going through something, through means movement. And then nobody, when they call you and say, hey, look, I'm stuck in something, and that's a whole different thing. But if somebody calls you and say, Johnny, I'm going through something, you just tell them, well, hey, just keep moving because you're doing the right thing. You're going through it. My dad was like that, you know, he was, you know, he's not with us, not with us anymore, but I used to spend hours on the phone. Sometimes I had no idea what he was saying, but I just love being on the phone with him. And he was the one who always just said, you're almost there, son. You can do it. I love you. I'm proud of you. Wow. And, uh, and, um, that just those words right there just meant so much to me. Right. Cause, uh, <clears throat> cause after he passed away, I, I didn't get that from my mom. You know, she, I didn't, you know, she wasn't at, she never gave me that at a boy. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah, yeah. So, and I still keep it, you know, every day I always look up and I always just say, hey, pop, pop, you know, and he's still with me every single every day. Every day, every day, every day he's with you. That's to remind you that. That's that, that'll never leave you. So, another question I had for you now that you uh, had gotten, you know, off the drugs, did you counsel other people into maybe helping getting them off drugs or out of homelessness or something like that? I do. I like um, talk to like like mothers who have sons that are experiencing um, addiction with drugs and stuff like that. But they, it's a, it's a hard business. It's a real hard sale because number one, people don't want to admit. To they have a problem now. Their mother might admit to it, you know what I'm saying? Because they open up because they know me and they know my story. But the child is like, well, why'd you even tell him something like that or uh, whatever? But I used to do motivational speeches in Washington State, and I used to have those kids crying, hugging their mothers, and telling their parents that they were sorry for the things they done and and things of that nature. But I do want to get back off into that like one-on-one coaching, but I haven't been doing that lately. Right, but you know, but sometimes. Um, someone's going through life they just need to hear that from one person to make a difference right. they just need to hear it from yeah. you know so you know so thank you for doing that yeah right and I do that all the time when I'm around homeless people or people that are on drugs like hey look you know you can beat this you know you don't have to sleep down here you know you can do this you know you can do that so I'm always motivated you know like look at me I made if I made it to this level you know you can too 
Awesome. All right. So we're going to wrap this up here. So I'm just going to give you, so whatever you want to say in the next three to five minutes, you want to promote anything, you want to say anything, go ahead. It's all yours. Um, no, no, well, we basically covered everything. I just want to make sure that people check out the book, Eric Protein Mosey from the Ground Up on Amazon. You can Google that. The documentary we got coming out is called Kid Road Journey political which is going to be a docu-series that's going to be airing on different little uh, public access channels and the last thing i would just like to say is just seek ye first the kingdom of god and all of his righteousness and all shall be added awesome awesome well eric thank you so much for being my guest it was inspirational to me you know you brought some things out of me that i hadn't thought about in a while as as well so obviously you're a force to be reckoned with and i wish you all the best all right and i wish you the best too man and i'm glad that um you chose me to be on this segment thank you you have a good day you have a blessed day all right, johnny keith you too man thank you all right bye-bye bye-bye Whew. wow wow uh wasn't expecting that so that was Eric Mosley, guys. It was a very interesting interview. It wasn't so much about casting Frontier or L.A. casting or getting your headshots. But I think that it's something important. And basically what it is is it was about a struggle. You're an actor. You're here in Los Angeles and you're struggling. And you're out there. You're trying to make it. You're driving Uber. You know, hopefully you're not living in your car. I lived in my my car before I used to be homeless, you know, myself, but at least I had a car to live in. It was actually a little, <laughs> it was a little truck. I remember one time I'll share the story with you. I went to, uh, they used to have mud wrestling. It was called uh, the Tropicana. And I just went, well, you know what? I'm going to go check out the mud wrestling. So I drove up into the parking lot. I was living in my car at the time and I wasn't dressed well enough to go in there and watch mud wrestling. A little embarrassing. So I went, I went back to my car, and at that time, they had me all blocked in. I couldn't go. There was a car in front of me, beside me, and back of me, and believe it or not, it was freezing in L.A. I didn't have a blanket. I had everything I owned just in that little truck. So I went to the newspaper stand, and it was Saturday night that night, so the, all the Sunday papers were in there. So I paid, and I opened it, and I just took all the Sunday papers. Not the most honest thing to do, but I took all the sun Sunday papers and I went in my car and I wrapped myself all up inside those Sunday papers, all of them, all, you know, and that was how I stayed warm and that's how I got through the night. And then I woke up about, you know, four in the morning and looked around, everybody had gone and not that I had anywhere to go, but so I just want to tell you that if you're, even if you're homeless, even if you're living in your car, maybe you're staying at a friend's house, because I know it's so expensive here in LA, just like Eric's story, just like my story, no matter where you, it's not matter, you know, where you came from, it's kind of where you're at now and where you are going. Because every time I bring an actor on this show, I ask them, what made you get into the business? What have you done? And where are you at right now? And also, where are you going? So where are you going? I hope Eric's story inspired you to, you know, get up off your butt 
and do something every single day. He would leave the homeless shelter and he would get go to the library and he would type 500 words, 500 words a day. And then he made it into this book. I know how hard it is to get something on Amazon. I have a book on there. My wife has a book on there. We're not here to promote that. That's why I'm so impressed that he has that book on there. And he figured it out. And if he can figure it out in life and move forward in life, you can figure it out too. All right, so that wraps up this episode of Actors 2020 Podcast, where my guest star was Eric Mosley. And Eric, if you're listening, thank you so much for your words. I feel you right here, brother, from another mother. All right, Eric. Eric, thank you so much for your insight. We got off topic on a lot of subjects. We started talking about politics and health insurance. So we had to cut all that stuff out. So be sure to go online and Google Eric Protein Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. You'll see the first two pages of Google all about him. Click on the link to go to his Amazon page. You'll see his book from the ground up. Purchase it. Give him a five-star review. Let's bring him up even farther in life. You can also Google Captain Negro and find out more about that project. But the message is no matter where you're at in life, if you're at the bottom or even below the bottom, you can get to the middle, you can get to the top. Eric is the man. So I appreciate you listening to all my podcasts. You remember the first interview with Celine Silver? She was born in Paris, France. She's bilingual. She speaks French. English, a little Spanish. She's played a lead in a lot of movies. She's out there getting work without an agent. Then the second interview was Nate Adamski. He's a stand-up comic. He was in New York, came back to LA. If you're just getting off the bus and you want to be a comic, you might want to listen to that interview. And now you just heard Eric Mosley. Wow, that was such a great interview. And coming up next is Felipe Dos Santos. He's an actor. He's originally from Brazil. He's been acting since he was nine years old. He speaks English. He speaks Portuguese. He speaks Spanish. He moved to the States pursuing a dream. He's out here just doing it. He's working for a living, doing landscaping. His interview's coming up next. Can't wait. So tune in for that one. And all these interviews are on Actors2020Podcast.com. They're also on iTunes. They're also on Google Play. They're also on Spotify. They're also on Stitcher. If you're an actor, musician, comic, filmmaker, you want to promote yourself, Give me an email to actors2020podcast at gmail.com. Send me a link to your profile. Send me a link to your Instagram, your Facebook, your actual website. I would love, absolutely adore to have you on my show and to promote you. So thank you to all who have submitted. We will get to you. So I appreciate all you listeners out there who've been listening in, who've been downloading our episodes. We're moving up in the rankings. We're getting higher and higher and higher every single week. I appreciate it. And I'm going to continue to bring you great content with great actors who are here in LA just trying to make it. But you don't have to live here in Los Angeles. You may be an actor in Canada. You may be an actor in Atlanta or New York or anywhere in the United States. I can call you up right here from my home studio and interview you and you too could also be on the show. You do not have to live in Los Angeles. 
And I'm here to help promote you, to get you to where you're going, to give you a voice so a casting agent or a director might hear you, just remember you, and give you a part. And that's what it's all about. It's just another day in LA. Now it is time for, you know what, the lesson. Listen to the words. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Actors 2020 Podcast. I'm Johnny Keith, your host, where we promote one actor at a time. If you're an actor and you would love to be promoted, just contact us at actors2020podcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to end this episode like we end every episode with something called The Lesson. Because life is a bitch. Gee, really? Why don't you tell me something I don't already know? Cause everywhere I go, people tell me what to do. Hey, go to church, go to school, you treat me like a fool. Now, I don't need religion, culture, or class. You don't like that fact, well, you can kiss my ass. Yeah, I'm white and I rap. You got a problem with that? Loosen up. And don't be so tight. Take it easy, E. We got the whole night. Yes, I'm psyched. I'm ready to get the show on the road. I don't want to stop because I just might explode. I'll tell you what, Holmes Weiss. I'm twice as nice than any bad boy rapper called Vanilla Ice. My lesson, yeah, it's hip. In case you didn't know what I'm here to inform you. I'm better than snow. I don't moonwalk or dunk like these Michael J's. But I can hold my own. You hear what I say? Now listen. Learn. Because here comes the lesson. Lesson one. Everybody sit down, JK is gonna take you for a ride uptown. Yo, this is the story of the Hollywood game. Choose your path careful, you're the only one to blame. Now when it comes to pot, crack, tweak, or blow, stick to the rules and just say no. Because you're young, you're eager, you want in the movies. Don't think you'll get there by giving up the booty. Cause they'll use you, abuse you, throw you out like trash. And then you'll discover that you're out of cash. Now your heart, your soul, is somewhere on the shelf. And you're walking through the streets now, talking to yourself. The lesson. Well, you heard lesson one, it's time for lesson two. You have a choice, and the choice is up to you. I came to Hollywood to be a rich and famous star, but for now I'm waiting tables and I'm tending someone's bar. Pictures, classes, agents, where the hell does it all end? Every time I turn around, I'm starting over again. I finally got a break with a five line and under. My life was starting to roar like lightning and thunder. The phone rings, hello? I'm cast in a pilot. My life spun out of control just like an L.A. riot. I walked off the set, said to hell with this old man. The phone's not even ringing and my life is in the can. The lesson. Yeah, final lesson here. Of course it's number three. Now remember, I'm an actor to be or not to be. When the going got tough, I climbed into the bottle. I'm back on my feet now, revving my throttle on the climb to the top. It's the same old games. Now I'm kicking ass and I'm taking some names. Falling, scraping, screaming, that was a long, hard crawl. But it was all worth it. I'm a box office straw. Opportunity was there when I took it with a punch. Not now, baby, but let's do lunch. There's a big piece of pie, and you should grab your portion. You can be like me, enjoying fame and fortune. Boom. That's the lesson. Go and learn it. It's the lesson. Go and learn it. It's the lesson. Peace out.